I recorded the episode you're about to hear last night, in the middle of the night, after midnight, uh, wandering around the backyard because I had some software running inside, which I had to keep jumping in and checking on. But, you know, that's the context. All right, so it's morning now. Um, and the episode you're about to hear uh, was exploring, continuing, continuing to explore the idea of, you know, nations divided. Um, building on the episode previous to this one about America, you know, is America a nation divided? Is it going to be the next Rome, you know, and get increasingly more divided and then suddenly fall apart, you know? Uh, I actually don't think like that. You know, I'm naturally optimistic. Uh, but it's fun to think along those lines, and a lot of people do talk like that. Uh, and, you know, all those sorts of things are, are always possible, uh, whether it's America, Ethiopia, or even Australia, you know. Uh, so, um, but a couple of things that I'm thinking about that just before you hear the episode is, well, if I was a betting person, which I'm not, um, if I was a betting person, I'd say none of the, none of the following is going to happen. You know, America's not going to fall apart in my lifetime. Uh, and now, uh, in the episode you're about to hear, you know, I ask questions about whether Ethiopia is going to fragment, you know, and I pick on Tigray region and I wonder, is Tigray region going to secede and become their own country, you know, and all this sort of thing, you know. Now, I don't think America's going to fall apart quickly um, in my lifetime, let's say, you know, I've got another 40, 50 years to go, I intend to make the ton. Um, I don't think... Ethiopia is going to fragment, although I've got no, you know, I don't know enough about Ethiopia to back that statement up. But then again, I've got, I don't know enough about Ethiopia to back up any statement that it's going to fragment either, you know. So, this, uh, po- this podcast is not about me informing you of anything, it's not about me educating you about anything, it's, that's not why I'm here. If you want to educate yourself, go and read Wikipedia all day, all day you know. Um, lots of information on there i'm not here to give you information i'm here to just let you in on um my thought processes as i explore these things in my left field ways right so yeah and yeah the idea of tigray seceding uh i i imagine that just wouldn't make any practical sense you know the center of all power in ethiopia commercial power seems to be in Addis Ababa, and Addis Ababa is not in Tigray region. Uh, so, yeah, there's a, there's a practical impossibility by the sound of it. You know, it just wouldn't make any sense. Tigray would be, I don't know, it'd be just a backwater, wouldn't it? Um, and uh, so, um, that's that. And I think a, a lot of Tigrayans are totally active in Addis Ababa and calling many shots and their power brokers and all that sort of thing, you know. So, your Tigray region seceding? No, I can't see it, all right? But it's still fun to talk about it, you know. And I think uh, sometimes people, whether it's in America or even here in Australia or anywhere else, um, when things don't go their way in an election or whatever... They like to, you know, it's a way of letting off steam, maybe, to say, we should secede, you know. Uh, We even had that in Australia, and I'll mention that in the episode coming up, you'll see. 
uh, where Queen, uh, uh, Queensland voted one way in one of our states, Queensland voted one way, and people, a lot of people in other states were unhappy they voted in that way. So, letting off steam, perhaps, you know, actually, they said, um, chop Queensland off, you know, get rid of it, and all that sort of thing, you know. Um, I will say one thing about that, though, this letting off steam business. Uh, since social media, I think that does go to the next level. Um, all right, letting off steam. But um, these days, uh, the act of letting off steam, people get into what they call echo chambers. And you get a, you know, like the vast, you know, you go through Melbourne where I live and most people aren't in an outrage mood, you know, they're just going around having coffees and going to work and all that sort of stuff. Thousands and thousands of people looking, you know, pretty happy. Um, but you get people on, a minority of people on social media in a bubble, um, all getting, you know, all discussing some uh, election result, and they're all talking amongst themselves that, uh, they're all furious at Queensland for voting a certain way and in their minds it builds that everybody is um, white hot passionate about this you know uh, whereas you know if you get off social media and just walk down the street and you see that nah people are off to the footy and all that sort of stuff you know they're not thinking about that at all okay um, and maybe that's the same in um, Ethiopia, you know. An election... No, not an election. It wasn't an election. A change of Prime Minister happened recently and um, some people were very unhappy about it. And I think, and I could be wrong, and I think it was um, people in Tigray region were unhappy about it. And, um, you know, maybe they're letting off steam. I don't know, maybe, you know. But doing it more than they would in the old days because they're on social media, all that stuff, okay? But basically, uh, yeah, everything I'm about to say uh, I don't think will come to pass. Not that I would know. Uh, but that's not the point. The point is I'm just talking about Ethiopia and by osmosis, if you don't know anything about Ethiopia, uh, the just the sheer act of me talking about Ethiopia at all and knowing anything about Ethiopia means that you'll be picking stuff up. You know, you'll be getting to know Ethiopia by osmosis one way or another. Wouldn't even matter if I was wrong on everything. You'd be picking up all sorts of information out of every podcast, every episode I'm doing. Uh, because compared to the average Australian, for example, my fellow Australians, you know, most Australians know nothing about Ethiopia next to nothing incredibly close to nothing and at least I know quite a lot alright then episode time for the episode I've been hearing talk that some people in Ethiopia were unhappy when the previous Prime Minister recently resigned in mysterious circumstances and that he was replaced by a different Prime Minister, Dr. Abbey. Now, that people 
are unhappy when a Prime Minister is switched, or indeed when a Prime Minister is not switched and you wish he was, that's no surprise. That happens all the time. Uh, for example, we recently had an election here in Australia, and some people obviously wanted the Prime Minister to be switched, and he wasn't. Uh, we kept the Prime Minister, and they were really unhappy about that. These people, anyway. Some people were wrapped, of course, that we, the existing Prime Minister stayed put. And over in America, obviously we had that um, example that I discussed in the previous episode with uh, Donald Trump getting in. Some people were really sad that he got in. No, more than sad. <laughs> Upset. <laughs> Um, and some people were wrapped. Okay, so that's normal. But what's new in the world, I think, these in, in recent history anyway, is this sort of thing that happens where um, whoever loses, they don't want to stick. They don't want to uh, abide by the result. You know, they start saying, smash the system if the system got the wrong result for me. You know, it's sort of an unde undemocratic sort of thing, you know. Um, so, because f my mind might be clouded, but I feel that over the, you know, for the most of my lifetime, that if one party got in, and it wasn't your party, in Australia here at least, you kind of said, damn, and, you know, you might have been really upset and all that sort of thing, but you just waited your turn and hoped your guy would get in next time. And I think America might have been the same, roughly, you know. The Democrats got in. You know, Republicans would say, damn, and, uh, but, but bide their time, wait for the next election, and then get their guy in. Now... I don't know whether it's to do with social media or everyone having a voice or everyone being a lot quicker to um, revolutionary talk these days, uh, you know, quick to the outrage and all that sort of stuff. Um, but in America recent, you know, in that last election in America, as I discussed in the previous episode, the first instinct was as soon as the wrong guy got in, the people who didn't want that wrong guy in started marching on the streets and saying, we don't, you know, um, not my president, uh, smash the system, you know, we don't want to, uh, we don't want to fall in with the result. We basically want to be undemocratic. In fact, can we get rid of him straight away, you know, impeach him? Um, this is not the result we wanted, so we're... Um, we're not going to accept it. Okay. And in Australia here, well, we're nowhere near as divided as America, and I really think that, despite, I'm sure if you got onto social media, you would hear, after the previous election, you would hear lots of people spitting fury, you know. But even here in Australia, um, there was strong talk, and I know it sounds humorous, there was strong talk of 
separating Queensland from the rest of the country on the basis that Queensland had so strongly voted for what some people thought as the wrong side. So we have a party called the Coalition, let's call it, and they got in. And we have another party called Labour, and they didn't get in. So people noticed that Queensland, one of our states, voted strongly for the coalition. And immediately we had, you know, people showed me, I'm not on social media, but they showed me pictures flying around, viral, as they call it, on social media, with a map of Australia with Queensland missing. Get rid of Queensland because they voted the wrong way, you know. Now that's a kind of, you know, a, a revolutionary instinct or something, you know, a division you know, it's not a good look as far as I'm concerned. We would never have sort of, I can't imagine us doing that in the old days, you know. We used to, the vote would go not our way and we'd say damn and wait till the next election and then hopefully get our guy back in then. Right, so Ethiopia. Is it something like uh, what these kind of, humorous but I think there was a dark edge to it uh, viral posts here in Australia that were going around with the map of Australia with Queensland chopped off is something like that happening in the minds of Ethiopians as well with the change in Prime Minister recently is it in people's heads that uh, Tigray region you know think about Queensland in Australia, but Tigray region suddenly chop it off from Ethiopia because we don't like the way uh, we don't like the new Prime Minister, so we want to get out of the system altogether. If it doesn't go our way let's let's not talk unity anymore you know. So before the election before an election, everybody is saying, in Australia here, everybody is saying, right we're going to have an election and unity, 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 you know. And the election finishes and it doesn't go your way. And the cry goes up, disunity, you know, we want disunity. You know, are we getting that at all in Ethiopia? Where before uh, the change in Prime Minister recently, I was hearing unity, unity, unity. And then immediately after the election, I was hearing... We don't want unity. We want Tigray chopped off from Ethiopia. You know. Now, as it turns out, um, oh, just a second, there's a police helicopter going above me. I live right next to Essendon Airport. That was a bit loud, uh, so I chopped it. So you get what I'm saying? Is it more the case nowadays, especially in the you know, era of social media and people having a loud, loud voice demanding what they want um, and having a place where they can be heard, which is, you know, in some ways a good thing, in some ways a bad thing, maybe. You know, like nuclear power can be used for good or evil, um, giving... The people, a voice, can be good or evil, power to the people, 
can be good or evil. It can be, you know, power to the people. It has to be a good thing because John Lennon sang about it, you know. But power to the people could also be mob rule. Uh, power to the people in Australia would be, you know, we don't have the death penalty. We don't have the death penalty. Um, but power to the people, uh, my guess is if we had a vote, a referendum, we have referendums. I don't know if Ethiopia does. I'm pretty sure America doesn't have referendums. There's no capacity. Oh, excuse me, no capacity for referendums in America. But we have referendums in Australia. And if we had a referendum on capital punishment, I'm pretty sure the vote would come down as, yes, we want the death penalty, you know. Um, so power to the people in that situation, if you don't believe in the death penalty, is a bad thing, okay? So power to the people, not always a good thing, all right? Uh, and yet you do hear people say power to the people, you know, as if it's... Uh, Self-evidently a good thing, undeniable, uncontroversial, blah, blah, blah. Oh, man, the people can be just as bad as a dictator. And there's plenty of examples of that in history. You know, what's worse? The worst possible dictator you ever saw or the people in charge? Um, think the reign of terror in France during the French Revolution. All right. Is it more the case that... If something doesn't go your way in a democracy these days, you push the revolution button. Right. I think the evidence suggests that, yes, maybe. That's true. Uh, the examples. Donald Trump gets in and the other side says no. We won't have that. Yeah, from day one. Uh, Australia. Uh, the vote goes the wrong way for a lot of people. And I know it was a joke, but people start drawing maps with Queensland chopped off because Queensland voted the wrong way. And in Ethiopia, in a democratic system, I'll get to that in a second, what I mean by that with Ethiopia, uh, a change of Prime Minister occurs and uh, as far as I can tell, Tigray region, analogous to Queensland, Tigray region, at least some people in Tigray are saying, we want Tigray chopped off. You know, that's a bit like Queensland wanting to chop itself off, you know. Uh, so, yeah, that reminds me of a map of Australia without Queensland and a map of Ethiopia without Tigray. Okay, now, if I'm right off base on all of this and I've got it completely wrong and Tigray, no way, you know, we want to stay with Ethiopia. We're still thinking unity, 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 you know, because before the Prime Minister was switched recently. That's all I heard. You know, Tigray people saying, unity, unity, unity. Uh, and if Tigray region is still saying that after the switch, then great, you know. Stop this podcast right now. Start, stop this episode right now and go to the next one. Um, 
this podcast is not here to have an opinion or inform or infuriate or anything like that. If you don't like something you're hearing, stop listening, you know. Uh, so, um, but if it's the case that there are grumblings uh, as a result of the change in prime ministership recently, um, then we have that sort of situation. It's kind of a revolution, isn't it, when uh, one area wants to secede? Okay, at this point in time, uh, we have, I think, let's contrast the different systems. I think fundamentally the same thing's going on, though, between the three countries. Oh, by the way, in Australia here, the... Uh, the idea of chopping Queensland off, I think, was no more than jokes on social media. Viral memes. I'm not on social media, but people showed me these things. Um, and, you know, it was a map of Australia without Queensland on it. Just a big hole where Queensland used to be. Uh, but I do, you know, tell me I'm wrong, but I'll bet you there was a dark edge to it. You know, I'll bet you people were actually really angry with Queensland and almost wanted to kick them out and not give them a vote, you know what I mean? Uh, it was the same thing when the Brexit vote went the wrong way, you know? I heard a young student get on the radio, on the BBC, and say, old people shouldn't be allowed to have the vote um, because it's our future that is on the line. Uh, so, you know, we don't like the system. So uh, actually this very uni, uni, this uni student in particular that I was listening to was saying that young people, their vote should count for two votes and um, older people, their vote should count for one vote. You know, and she was saying that's reasonable. You know, she was trying to be reasonable. Um, not quite thinking ahead because she'll be an old person one time, you know, eventually. <sighs> All right, so um, contrast. Okay. Uh, America, Australia, Ethiopia. All right, America and Australia are basically two-party systems. And, you know, that's just the way they've panned out. It's not constitutional, it's just the way it's panned out. That in Australia we have two parties, each of which get, you know, take turns at being in power. We can't, all my life it's been turnabout. Um, one party for 10 years, you know, the Conservatives for 10, you know, Liberal Conservatives for 10 years, Labour, the left, for 10 years. Lib conserv you know, Conservatives for 10 years, Labour for 10 years. Turnabout, every 10 years, just nice and easy like clockwork. You know, that's the absolutely fantastic thing about Australia as far as I'm concerned. It's, it's like a, a gently swinging pendulum. Uh, left, right, left, right, you know, and um, suits me fine, you know, I'd like that to keep going for the next thousand years. Um, now, um, America, I think they're fairly similar, you know, Republicans get in for a while, Democrats get in for a while. Ethiopia, political system, I think it's just one party state, as far as I can tell, so it's not that sort of democracy. Uh, it's the appearance of a democracy, uh, because they do have a vote. They do vote, uh, or if I'm, um, 
but I think it's just the one party right through. But it's still a democratic process, and I think there's diversity within that party, you know, some sort of democratic diversity within that party. So you probably have different factions inside the party. And that would seem to be borne out by the fact that um, there was one Prime Minister within that party that got kicked out or resigned in mysterious circumstances, and another Prime Minister with a very different agenda came in. So there must be some sort of diversity inside the party. Either way, a change happened within a democratic process or within an existing system. And yeah, people want to press the revolution button, uh, as far as I can tell. All right, so what do we make of that? I'll go ping and think about that. Right, I've had a think. Uh, not for very long. Uh, so, with America and Australia, I'm pretty familiar with the political systems and the social systems with those two places. They're pretty different in a lot of ways, but I'm pretty familiar with both of them. And my take is that uh, if an election happens and the vote doesn't go the way the people want it to go, uh, and then and and they start pressing the revolution button, then they might get what they want. Uh, and but in doing so, they might smash the system. So it's a case of careful what you wish for with America and Australia. Right. So. Um, it, with Donald Trump, for example, if someone manages to impeach Donald Trump, um, then to a certain extent, um, yeah, that's dangerous because it damages the system. And I'm sure a few people are aware of that. If he gets shot, even, you know, that damages the system probably because people start saying, oh, democracy was undermined because our guy was shot, you know, that sort of thing. But even, you know, at the lower end of that, you know, people marching down the street straight after a president is elected and they start saying, not my president, then that damages the system because that's a case of not accepting the vote and not accepting the system, um, undermining the system, making it weaker. And, you know, and that means that almost certainly when the anti-Trump uh, contender gets in one day, then Trump supporters will say, well, you marched and said not my president, so we're marching and saying, not my president, you know, and that starts to spiral out of control until every time there's an election, there's, there's backlash. You get that in some countries, you hear about it, you know. Every time there's an election, there's deaths, um, riots and deaths, and then eventually, even at polling booths, you know, um, armed guards and people, you know, killed at polling stations. You know, it starts to spiral out of control, so... Um, so careful what you wish for. Okay. Now, 
And Australia is nowhere near there. But America's closer, I really think so. And I'm glad I did that episode on America. You might have thought, uh, oh, he's digressed across to America. But uh, I think, you know, for the purposes of having a benchmark, and uh, America's really great, you know, because it's a... I really think it's quite bitterly divided over there. And we're nowhere near as bitterly divided in Australia. We're too busy going to the football most of the time. Uh, but, you know, I, I sense some division in Ethiopia. Is it bitter division? I don't know. Is it as bad as America? Probably not. But then again, it might be. I don't know. Uh, but that's what I'm going to explore. All right. So Australia and America, I kind of understand. Uh, if people don't abide by the decision then that weakens the system. So you can, well, you know, and there's a lot of people who want to damage the system to make sure that they get the right person in according to their uh, ideologies. Okay? So, you know, let's say there were, let's say, I, well, I am a feminist. All right, so say I'm a very strong feminist and no matter what, I want a feminist person to be the next Prime Minister of Australia. Okay, so I say it's an absolute, um, it's, it's, um, it's a no-brainer, um, it, it, it's worth it. Whatever I do to make sure that the next Prime Minister is a feminist and that the, an anti-feminist doesn't get in, whatever it takes, because that's how important it is. It really is important. It doesn't matter what methods I use, you know. Um, so we've had a couple of situations recently where um, conservative people, our Prime Minister and one of the ministers, both had an egg whacked on the back of their heads, you know. So, um, and, um, okay, so, you know, that's not a bullet. That's fine. Um, but we had one guy, you know, and it was a raw egg, so it smashed on the back of his head. And um, and I, he was an unlikable guy. I couldn't stand him myself. But the question is, um, is that a good thing? Uh, you know, the guy was horrible, um, even in my mind. But if we start egging uh, ministers who I think are horrible, then a minister soon enough will get in who I think is great and is after all the right things, but someone from the other side will say, hey, we've got a license to egg now, and you know, he'll get egged in the head. And, and um, raw egg. But then next time it'll be a hard-boiled egg. You get where I'm going with that. But when it comes to Ethiopia... If the system is undermined, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, before I even have an idea about what that could be, I'd have to know what the system is. Now, as I said, with Australia and America, I understand them, and the system is, you know, a two-party demo two democracy is the way it's panned out. And if we smash the system, you know, we smash that system and um, 
and something else will take its place. And some people would think that's great, you know, people calling for revolution. And some people would think that was terrible. I think most people would think that's terrible in a place like Australia. Uh, but there'd be, there are some that, you know, want anarchy and all sorts of other systems uh, who would think it was great. Uh, so um, there you go. So, but Ethiopia, what is the system? All right, so it's a one-party state, as far as I can say. And if I've got that wrong, as I say, um, I'm not here to get things right. Um, you know, just here, just listen to what I've got to say and just completely disagree with me if you want. I'm not influential. Just take it or leave it. Uh, right, so um, now, Ethiopia, what is the system? One-party system and... Um, factions, is it, within that party? Uh, and it seems like uh, that it's a question of, in Ethiopia, uh, where the power balance lies. Now, is this along kind of tribal lines? Um, Possibly. In fact, I might just run with that for a moment. Now, it'll be along tribal lines, and there must be political lines as well, ide ideological lines as well. All right. Now, um, political lines, ideological lines. Let me have a think about this. Political lines. As far as I can tell, Ethiopia was a deeply conservative country politically up until the time of the death of Haile Selassie, who I've got to get back to in these podcasts at some stage. I've got to do a part two on him. But what you had before Haile Selassie was knocked off was an emperor. And I don't know how much more conservative you can get than that. All right. Emperor with absolute rule. As far as I can tell, that's the very definition of a conservative system that maybe was going for 3,000 years in some form or another. Okay, so that's conservative, conservative Ethiopia. And it was, at the same time, religiously conservative, no doubt. Uh, I don't think there's much controversy about that. Right, and then, after that, you had a socialist government, which is called the Derg. Okay, I think that's right. I don't know whether there was a gap, you know, but at some stage, social, you know, a revolution happened of some sort. Right. Um, no emperor from then on. Okay, so we're getting a handle on the we're getting a handle on the uh, politics of Ethiopia here in very broad brush sweeps. Then, uh, around about the time of the fall of the Berlin Wall. Now, uh, my goddaughter was saying just before that, the Derg was overthrown. Um, and uh, I believe that uh, the Derg was lost a key battle. I think the Eritreans were quite brave in fighting off the Derg in a, a major battle. I forget which place that was. I think it started with A. And then... I think um, a Tigray-led party uh, did the final knockoff of the Derg, or were very instrumental in that. You know, lots of bravery, but the Derg was knocked off. Um, 
And I think the Tigrayans played their part after the Berlin Wall fell, but it was all around that time. Okay, now, I've been briefed very slightly, um, and I think it was a Marxist-Leninist uh, regime before the fall of the Berlin Wall. Okay, then after that, the a, a, a revolution happened again, so a second revolution. So the first revolution was the knocking off of the emperor and putting in place of a Marx-Leninist socialist state. Right, then comes the what they called a democratic revolution, um, but still it seems a one-party state and still very left-leaning and still fairly socialist, is it? If it's not, just, you know, just tell yourself, no, you're wrong, Danny. Uh, but, you know, what are you going to do? You can't tell me. <laughs> uh, and I'd love you to be able to, but you can't. Um, so, uh, and that's the sort of system that's still in place to this day. Okay, so three phases, let's say. Conservative emperor situation, 3,000 years. Then a... Lenin Marxist socialist uh, system for a period of time. How long was that? Let's just say it was 10 or 15 or 20 years or whatever. Um, and then uh, a, the current system, a one party state, uh, which is still quite left and quite socialist in spirit, but has the appearance of a democracy. Um, and all, in all three states, all three political systems, um, you have a unified Ethiopia at least since the late 19th century, you know, what they call modern Ethiopia. Okay, so um, now at the same time, okay, that's the political side of things. Now the next thing is the tribal side of things. Okay, now what, what I'm getting at with all this is is the system worth holding on to? You know, does everyone still believe in this Ethiopia, the shape of Ethiopia that you see everywhere on maps? Does everyone believe in that? Right, now that shape took form with Menelik some, you know, 100 years ago or so. When Menelik came in, he, he, he expanded the current... He expanded, Ethi expanded Ethiopia into its current shape. And at the same time, Eritrea, Eritrea was knocked off in the top right-hand corner of Ethiopia um, and became its own country. Um, Look, I might have the dates wrong, okay? Now, here's the question. What is this, what, if, if we want to keep unity going, what are we talking about? Um, I think we're talking about whether we're keeping the various areas together. You know, it's not really about unity on a 
political level, as far as I can see. It's going to be a one-party state no matter what by the look of it. It's just a question of whether the country splits. So um, I don't think it's a revolution as such. I think it's a question of whether the country fragments or not, which is interesting. Right, I think I'll draw this episode to a close because I'm getting uh, outside the zone where I can even think of the right questions to ask. You know, I'm not into uh, suggesting answers, but when I can't even think of the question, that's a problem. So I'm going to sum, I'm going to finish off with my best guess at the way things are um, and contrast Ethiopia to America. Sorry, America and Australia. All right then. America, I think, reminds me of Rome at the moment. Um, there, I think America is, you know, Rome at some point, um, well, I actually know a little bit about Rome, um, but about 145, 145 BC, uh, Rome suddenly had no more enemies. They'd conquered two areas, uh, their two greatest enemies, which is Carthage and Greece, um, and they'd conquered those two lands and um, were suddenly just complete masters of their universe at that time um, and started fighting amongst themselves. So, And the way they fought amongst themselves was that they started to disrespect their 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 constitution we'll call it their the their ways um so they had established you know long-standing ways of doing things which stood them in good stead when they had external threats and as soon as those external threats were removed that is you know greece and carthage in the first instance um Forces started to come along, and I recall the Gracchi brothers, and then Sulla, then Marius, and then finally Julius Caesar, you know, uh, Pompey and um, Crassus and Julius Caesar. Uh, And more and more and more and more, those guys started to break the rules. So the people went along with them. So the people were breaking the rules, you know. And then finally the whole thing collapsed. The Republic collapsed and there was blood on the streets. And um, and then uh, finally it ended up in a, you know, a dictatorship, which we call the Roman Empire. Uh, so, you know, America, to me, looks like it's really just starting down that path in the Trump era where... You know, Trump reminds me of some strange form of one of the early dictators in Rome, um, flying in the face of the old ways. But then the people are flying in the face of the old ways too at the same time. The Trump supporters are flying in the face of the old ways, which in America is the Constitution. And even the anti-Trump people are flying in the face of the old ways by you know, going nuts and trying to impeach him, you know, to a certain extent they might be safer for their own, uh, for their own benefit if they just ride him out and get their guy in and make sure their guy doesn't continue the pattern, you know, doesn't act like Trump. That'd be a better way to go, I think, just ride Trump out and then 
get a Democrat back in, you know, all that sort of stuff, you know, blah, blah, blah. But um, now Australia, look, I honestly don't think we're in the same league as all that. We're not as deeply divided. Um, I think um, America is much more deeply divided along um, racial lines and all that sort of stuff as well. There's a real big black-white thing going there. We've got much less of that in Australia only because we've got so many Europeans here um, and the indigenous people who we absolutely smashed, absolutely terrible stuff, um, but they're, they're so, so in a minority that um, it doesn't present as a deeply divided nation, you know, because the the people who are getting smashed are, are so not they're, they're so not prominent, you know. And they, um, uh, I don't say that's right or you know that's wrong, you know. It's probably wrong, you know. But I'm not into that. I'm just sort of saying what, the way it looks to me, you know. Um, okay, now uh, Ethiopia. Um, I don't think you've got that situation. You know, that's my summary out of this podcast, out of this episode. Uh, in Ethiopia, I think it's re- it does seem like regional. You know, you've got Oromo down the bottom. you kind of got Amharan in the middle. And you kind of got Tigray at the top. Then you've got Eritrea, which is a wild card up the top as well, which I think has historical connections with Tigray. But all these things can be a little bit messy. Um... But it's a question of um, whatever's happening at any point in time in Ethiopia, it's either working for the Oromo people or it's not working for the Oromo people. And it's either working for the Tigray people or it's not working for the Tigray people. And it's either working for the Amharan people and it's not working for the Amharan people. And whichever group is dominant at any point in time, and absolutely correct me if I'm wrong, you know, I could be wrong on all this, but if, you know, when the Tigrayan sort of factions within that one-party system are dominant, then they're happy and they're saying unity, unity, unity. But then the Oromo people are rising up and accusing the Tigrayan people of atrocities and um, that Olympian runner whose name keeps escaping me, um, you know, made that, um, crossed his arms as he crossed the finishing line at the Olympics, the most recent Olympics, um, as a sign of protest against what the government was doing to the Oromo people, you know. And um, so, obviously the Oromo people, or fairly obviously, the Oromo people thought that, uh, they weren't being represented very well by the government. Who does all, you know, one-party state, so it would include... Tigrayan people and Amharan people and Oromo people in that government, but it's a question of who's in the ascendancy within that diversity, within that one party. Um, and, you know, given that um, the Tigrayan people were happy with the previous Prime Minister and not happy with the current Prime Minister, then he must be, the previous one must be a more preferred Prime Minister than the current one by the Tigrayan people, for example. Right. Now, um, but now we have a situation where it's kind of reversed by the look of it to me, and we have a Prime Minister in there that, what, the Amharans and the Oromos are pretty happy with? I think that Olympian runner has gone back to Ethiopia. You know, he was living 
in fear. He said he was in fear. Maybe he was in fear of his life. So he was hiding, hiding out in America, I think it was. And as soon as the next Prime Minister got in, he was able to go back to Ethiopia. And as far as I know, he's quite relaxed and happy back there now. Um, but now I hear Tigrayan people are upset. So it does seem to me that um, where America, for example, um, you know, they can be divided within the country all over the place, but, you know, um, such that the whole political system f could fall down. It's not really about the political system falling down in Ethiopia. It's about one mob um, in a sort of almost geographical sense, not wanting to hang with the other mobs anymore and splitting off and maybe being their own country. Right. I'll stop there. I'll learn more as I go along. And I may well learn, you know, I might try and find some uh, Tigray people to talk to. And the first five I talk to might say, you've completely got that wrong. No, we want unity, unity, unity. But you know what? At least, um, at least you know, you know, like if you're not an Ethiopian, at least I'm getting you familiar with some of the uh, terms. Look, listening to these podcasts even if I got everything wrong, um, you'll know a lot more. You, you'll be picking up a lot of stuff about Ethiopia, even if I've got it all wrong, um, a lot more than you'll pick up off any other podcast on Ethiopian history because, as far as I can tell, there is no other podcast on Ethiopian history. And furthermore... You know, if you want to accuse me of getting everything wrong, um, if you ask most other Australians about Ethiopia, uh, they know nothing about Ethiopia. Yeah, so at least I've spoken for about, you know, I'm up to episode nine or something and I've spoken for maybe eight hours straight off the top of my head. Um, talking about all sorts of things from Solomon and Sheba right through to, you know, the early emperors of modern Ethiopia through to the political system of Ethiopia through to the, you know, I know the names of the tribes at least and all that sort of stuff. So, hey, if you're listening to this and you're thinking I'm getting things wrong, eh, at least you hear a lot more than you'll hear from anywhere, anyone else in Australia just about, I reckon. Okay, bye-bye.